Do you remember Super Bowls when you were a kid? I very briefly. I I kind of remember. I just remember uh, my mom always yelling about those balls being everywhere <laughs> in the house, yes. everywhere. Yeah. Welcome to the Brain Lady Podcast with your host Karen D. Wood, the resident brainiac. Get ready for a mind-expanding journey as we unravel the mysteries of the brain from Notes from the Couch. Join us as we delve into the complexities and wonders of this enigmatic supercomputer. Fasten your mental seatbelts and prepare to have your synapses fired up. Welcome to the captivating world of the Brain Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Brain Lady Podcast, Notes from the Couch. My name is Karen D. Wood, and I'm so excited to bring this podcast to you with my fellow curiosity friend, Jermaine Jackson. And we would like to create this podcast time to talk to you about your brain, body, behavior, and belief, and how to get in better balance to find your better state of mind. So we've been talking about this for a couple of years. Absolutely. And we thought the best way to do it is to kind of take you into my office as a therapist and kind of tell you what's going on with the client and the notes from the couch are actually the cool things that clients say in the office. And so today, we're going to spend a little time putting you in my office and then describing the client for you and what we did in the office and then how that applies to you in your life. Because we really want this to be a personal podcast experience for you. So we're going to start off by saying, hey, I've got this office in Fresno, California, and it's got a couch in it. And what else would you say about the office? Um, What I really love about the office is that living room area that you have set up. So you have your reception area and you come in and and it's like a normal office. You have your tables and your chairs and uh, you have your bottled water and it's all there. Uh, You have the coffee for your clients. Um, But once you get past that first door, um, you kind of walk into this almost living room experience uh, where you have some couches set up. There's almost like a like a family style dinner table um, set up. And then on the outside of all of that, you have the different offices and particularly your office when you walk in. Uh, I love how you have toys set up for kids. Uh, you have the amazing couch that I've spent many times on. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have your your chair. I call it the wood chair. Um, and it's not even made out of wood, but it's the, it's wood, the wood chair. chair. It's the wood chair. It's where you always sit. Um, and then you have that that round uh, table uh, where, where you sit at also with clients. And your office is just, it's just that space that for me, I feel like um, when I sit in that living room area, I've seen people walk into your office. Um, and, and as they walk through that living room area, many times um, their shoulders are down. Um, their head is down, Mm -hmm. they're not making eye contact. You can tell they're carrying some stuff. And then they go into your office, that door closes, and about 50 minutes later, they come out and their shoulders are back, their head is up, they're smiling. They're laughing. They're laughing. Yeah, so I just, your office is that that space. You know, that space that's created for people to come in, um, might not be feeling the best when they walk in, but they leave with tools. They leave with techniques. They leave with more understanding about their anxiety or their depression or their trauma. Um, and they leave, I feel, better. And that's the job is to help them understand their brain and body. And that's a little bit different about our form of therapy. 
is we actually teach people about their brains and how that impacts their behavior. So the one, uh, the client we'd like to talk to you about today, of course, we won't use names. We're going to call him H. She's a late 20s, very large guy going through weight loss surgery process. I would say he's, we could describe him as so anxious that he has agoraphobia, which is the Greek word for being afraid of going to the market. Wow. So he actually has a hard time leaving his house. And the thought of going to the grocery store just literally terrifies him, will send him into panic attacks. And I was actually at a point in my therapy life where I was going to take no new clients. I was going to say the word no. Oh, that could be a whole podcast. Karen's saying no. And this lady called me just so upset. Somebody said, I have to take my son to see you because we're so worried about him wanting to leave the earth. So it was pretty serious. And so very large guy covered with these beautiful tattoos of monsters all over as he loves the old monsters. Wow. That took me a little getting used to. I bet. But he's a dear, dear soul. I just really have come to admire him a lot. So he comes into the office. He can barely talk. He doesn't really know what he wants to talk about. So then my job is to try to make him comfortable and kind of normalize this level of anxiety because it is normal for a brain that's been too much. One of the things we're going to do is talk a lot about different brain parts. Mm -hmm. We'll do that a little bit later. And so his brain has actually been trained to be this anxious. And so that was what we did was first thing I did was introduce him to his breathing because unless I can get him breathing, he's not going to be able to talk very much about what's going on. And then he did a really interesting thing. As he started breathing more, he started yawning. And he was really embarrassed that he was yawning. But I helped him see, no, that's not, that's not bad. Your brain's actually getting new oxygen in it. So it's changing temperature. And it's wanting more of that new good air. Right. So to help, he wasn't actually, he was barely breathing. So we first started on the breathing and then started saying, okay, what's going on? And that's when he said this amazing thing. So these quotes are going to be what we focus on. And he said this amazing thing. One Super Bowl, like one worry, releases a bag full of Super Bowls in the room of my mind. So talking about one worry... He was afraid to start talking about that because that was going to release a bag full right. of Super Bowls. Right. So he was afraid to, to even go to that one spot. One. Because if he went there, uh, he thought it was just going to open up the bag. And I thought the pictures, do you remember Super Bowls when you were a kid? I, very briefly, I, I kind of remember, I just remember uh, my mom always Yelling about those balls being everywhere. <laughs> in the house, yes. everywhere. Yes, yes. So I'm of the generation of when they came about 1964. Mm. Mm. And so we had them and drove my mom crazy because <laughs> these super balls are just, uh, you can drop them. And theoretically, when you drop them from arm height, they're supposed to come back up. Right. And then if you slam them, they're supposed to go up to two stories tall. Yeah. So you get a, a bunch of those worries going in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so um, in what we do, we kind of invite people to think in boxes. We call them tension boxes, which that we'll get a lot into in future podcasts. It's as if we can take the super balls and take them as each one of them are topics. So then my job was to help him figure out which topics he was able to talk about. And then it came out that his sister was going to be moving out, who's his support. 
right. and her dogs. So she was going to take the dogs, oh. and the dogs are his emotional support. Okay. So one Super Bowl sister moving, another Super Bowl, this big shepherd dog, and another Super Bowl, this big shepherd dog. And then his brother was moving out. And when those Super Bowls got going, then he got worrying about his mom and her health and then mom dying. So once he started talking about these things, then they just, I could hear how that was bouncing around in the room of his mind. Yeah. But so what we did was help him take each each ball at a time. Okay. Instead of trying to talk about all of them. So which which ball are you ready to talk about? Which what ball are you ready to grab, mm-hmm. put in a box and talk, talk about? about it. Yeah. And so if you think about your life right now, I know you've got some car stuff going on. How many Super Bowls would you say take off in your mind when you start thinking about car repairs? Yeah, that many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just list them. What are the topics going on in your mind right now with the tension about getting the car fixed? Um, cost. Cost. Um, cost. <laughs> and uh, if we're going to be without a car, because we only have one, so is how is it going to have to be at the shop for two days, one day, a couple hours? Um, how are we going to get to work? How to get the kids to and how many kids are you worrying about transporting? Um, four. Four. Then I have my wife. We're a family of six, you know, with one vehicle that needs to be repaired, that needs to have. So there's a lot that goes on in my mind. And then I, there's smog, and then there's registration, and then there's yeah, so there's, many there's things the that stuff. take off. There's the stuff. And when you start feeling all of that, where where on your body do you start noticing that? Oh, instantly. I start to, I start to grit my teeth. I was just gritting my teeth as soon as you... That started talking about it. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, right here. You're right in my, my, my jawline. You can yeah, start to grip my teeth. Um, and then that always leads to a headache. Oh, it just leads to a headache or my palms start to sweat. Um, that's how my body is telling me um, that this is heavier than, than you think sometimes. And how many years would you say you've been going in where you've had a lot of Super Bowls bouncing around in your head? Um, I would probably say, I mean, probably the last... Four years. Yes, yeah, it's been um, some crazy times for you. It has been some crazy, been crazy times for for everyone, um, but definitely, yeah, I would say the last four years there's been a lot. Um, within that four years, one of those years, my wife and I went from one child to four in less than twelve months. <laughs> so imagine all those Super Bowls jumping off. Uh, my wife, we had twins. Uh, my wife got pregnant with twins when we had a three month old, and it just kind of took off from there. And then you had the babies in the middle of the pandemic. And the middle. Well, of the actually, pandemic. it wasn't. It was the beginning when they didn't know what to do. Well, yeah, that's right. So they were that's handling right. things pretty stupidly. And my twins were born at 26 weeks. Um, they spent uh, three and a half months in the hospital, NICU. So there was just a lot of stuff. Those are those are those those times um, where I didn't. I wasn't able to be on your couch, but you definitely took a lot of my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> From the office yes. and yeah. the house. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, those were crazy times. Stuff. And and so then it becomes the car repair Super Bowls, mm-hmm. one attached to the past few years of finances Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what was happening to H on the couch, mm-hmm. is talking about his sister moving out and the dogs and then the brother moving out and then the, they would all start going at once. But... Mm-hmm. To help him breathe every time he thought about it. Right. And then I introduced him to this brain part called the amygdala. It's right behind your eyes, right behind his ear, your ears. Mm-hmm. And that it gets goes to a certain level of upset all by itself. Like if you give a scale of zero to ten. Mm. So they're your set point of reactivity. You go up to that spot 
just by habit. Mm -hmm. So for H, just thinking about his sister leaving would take him to pretty close to that nine, which is panic attack zone, right? Right. And if you attach the dog and the dog and the... And so what we did in the office while he was on the couch was help him notice the tension. Where was that feeling? Right. And that's what we call clear thinking is to these four steps of noticing your tension. You described yours. Right. He was able to start noticing in his body where these tensions were showing up. And then, because in trauma, we get disconnected from our body response. Mm-hmm. We all, we just stop feeling it right. That's what his body was doing with not even breathing. Right. Why the yawning was so crazy, because he was so disconnected from even his breathing. And that's what the shutdown and the depression was, was everything was just getting more and more shut down. So then we invited him to continue to put the balls in the boxes, to break down the boxes, and then to figure out what to do with it. But what do you do with it? Mm. And that's what we're excited to share with you in this clear thinking method we talk about is to look for the acceptance in the situation. Right. Now, acceptance right. is a crazy word. Yeah. What What do you think was hard for you to first accept about the concept of acceptance? <laughs> um. For me, it was just understanding that acceptance doesn't mean I have to like it. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with it. It doesn't mean that I think it's okay, right? Acceptance just means this is happening, this is going to happen, or this has already happened. Acceptance is, right? We've all heard the saying, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Acceptance is this is happening right now. This is going to happen tomorrow or this has already happened in the past. And if we can just find acceptance in, in that thing, um, it, it has helped me understand and move um, move forward in life right. and understand um, moments that I'm in where I don't get stuck because I, I, I know, I understand what acceptance is. I don't have to like it. I don't have to agree with it. But it allows you to really look at your amygdalic reaction and all mm-hmm. the Fs. We heard talk a lot about the Fs. Talk about the Fs. The fight, right, light, breeze. And for H, it was important to look at the new one called Fawn, F-A-W-N. Mm, let's talk you, about that. You can research it. It's when, okay, when you freeze, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about the car. Mm-hmm. But in uh, two, four minutes, you get your brain back. <laughs> yeah. Fun is like that little creature in the forest where you're just shut down hours, days, weeks, wow. years, wow. because you've had to learn how to stay out of people's way. It's really important um, to understand the trauma reactions of people right. can be because they're just sh- that shut down. So we'll talk about that a lot because H realized he was experiencing a fun reaction of not being able to respond because yeah. then it would open the door. And all the balls would start taking off again, right? So you just avoided it completely. And so the fawn says it's too dangerous to respond. Mm-hmm. So in H's mind, the fawn was saying it's too dangerous to think about your sister moving out and the dogs moving out. And so what we helped him do in the couch, in the in the office, was to be able to say the fact is, that's an acceptance phrase. Right. The fact is she's going to be moving out. The Mm -hmm. fact is the dogs are going to be moving out. But the fact is she's not moving out for a year and a half. Mm. 
So the fact is acceptance. I've got a year and a half to maintain a relationship with this dog. And so then I said, hey, good idea. You know, I often think I come up with them and they're not the best ideas, but <laughs> how about you get a dog now for yourself? Yeah. So in a year and a half, you've got your... Well, those two German shepherds would not be too excited about another dog. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Especially since he likes chihuahuas. So mm -hmm. it's like that would be like the snack. Mm -hmm. So the dog, the next dog wasn't a great idea. Right. But to continue to looking at the acceptance facts, because it doesn't mean the thing is good, right, kind, lovely, true for people of faith. It is not Philippians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. That's, but to help him realize without coming to an acceptance, what was the next year and a half going to be like? Right, right. And that's when he could say, it's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk later about the idea of looking at a picture of what that's going to look like, because pictures are much faster in the yeah, mind. Absolutely. We'll talk more about that later. But he was able to get the picture, the idea of what he would look like breathing and just talking to his family more about how he was actually feeling about all this. And that started telling the fawn it was safe to come out. Mm -hmm and talk about it. It took about six months before he called me and said he went to Vaughn's by himself, grocery store, was so excited. Mm -hmm. But that was good because these these Super Bowls, they don't just go away by themselves. They're pretty used to pinging around mm -hmm. and they become actually our neurons firing. Mm -hmm. And so if we can understand more that neurons are like trees and they have a habit of the way they fire, it takes a while for us not to use those neurons so that new neurons can grow. So it took time for these, and we'll talk technically about what that is later. But we'll share a lot of great quotes because he's really um, a great thinker and he's really creative. So we'll share a lot of great age quotes with you at different times as he learned these different things about himself. So acceptance doesn't mean the thing is good, right, kind, lovely, or true. But if I can say it is, it's happening. Mm -hmm. And you brought up a really good point. Is it happening now or in the future? Right. And my mind might not know the difference between when it happened before, when it's happening now, and when it's going to happen. It might do all three Super Bowl worries at one time. Wow. So as we get better at, and you're processing the car now, to separate it from the last four years of stuff right, to doing now stuff, and then when the brain wants to say, what about next month? Say, wait a minute, wait a minute, acceptance is I'm dealing with this thing today. And so if we can learn that, then we're going to be a lot better off. So that's what we helped him do is figure out what his brain was doing. Um, he actually has become great at one of the steps we take, which is forecasting, which is looking into the future. Yeah. How is this going to work in a grocery store? So then he started peeking at that. How's that going to work? The thing he's working on now is getting his driver's license. That's the next Good. Big, big fear hurdler. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, his, his sister has not moved out yet. His brother did. But his, his sister's out most of the time now. So he's, H is figuring out how to do this new independence. And so much so he didn't even need to get the third weight loss surgery. Because he, a lot better. he could figure out how to use his own body when he got tense and angry. So H got an introduction to the clear thinking method, which if we put it really clearly into four steps, the first one is notice the tension. Right. You were talking about your jaw. Mm -hmm. The second one is 
look at the outcome of the picture without acceptance. So where's it going to go if you keep worrying all night long about that car? Mm -hmm. You can see that picture's not good. Right. And then the third one is uh, kind of the same. Look at the outcome of the picture with acceptance. Yeah. And that might be a pretend picture. It might not be something I can actually imagine doing, mm -hmm. but it invites that frontal lobe to open up the possibilities to see how I might be able to handle the car thing. Yeah. And then the fourth one is notice the change in tension. Mm -hmm. So it's really handy. It's really only two words, look and notice. Right. So it's look, notice, notice, look. You're going to be hearing that a lot because what it helps us do is uh, engage the whole mind. Right. Even if, if, even if I've been through a lot to actually heal the way the neurons fire, the way the blood flows, the emotional connections, the brain-body connections, it just gets so many things in balance. So you've been studying this method for quite a few years now with me. Yeah. So what would you say has been one of the helpful parts of those four steps? Um, for me, just, again, notice, look, look, notice. Those four steps, they seem so simple, but yet they're so profound um, because what it has allowed me to do no matter what environment I'm in, no matter how upset I am, no matter how high my anxiety is, my 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 body and my mind has been trained to just first notice right. how I am feeling and reacting in any given in any given moment. Um, and because of that, um, I'm able to kind of slow things down, but yet continue to move at the same pace. Oh, that's good. Um, so I'm able to just notice that, man, I'm biting I'm biting my jaw. Um, and then I can quickly, because my brain has been trained to then look at that outcome. If I continue to grip my teeth and bite my jaw, right? If I continue to be upset or angry at this person, if I continue to allow this or dwell on this moment, my my brain has been trained almost to immediately go to that outcome, and and that's usually never good. That's usually never a good outcome. And then I'm able to then step back. Um, and then that second look is then to be able to say, so then what is the outcome with acceptance, with, with, with just coming to the place of this is happening, this has already happened, or this is getting ready to happen? All of them. And that just creating that space naturally lowers my stress mm -hmm. and my anxiety mm -hmm. when I can create that space. Um, and then that last step of noticing, I... I notice that I feel better. I notice that I'm thinking clearly. I, I notice that I can continue on in that moment or on that in that day, and I'm not going to be um, weighed down or bogged down by all the stress. Um, so notice, look, look, notice, and learning those, implementing those in my life over the last several years, um, it has really helped me just be just to show up better. And then it also has helped me. Um, I think the most is respond better is help me to be able to respond better as a husband respond better mm. as as a father respond better as a community leader i mean it just allowed me to be better in those moments yeah i look forward to in our future podcast you sharing a bunch of the great stories of the work you've done in schools yes with the four Absolutely. steps yeah we've done, we've done a lot in the district with Absolutely. And we didn't touch it all today, but there's a lot of ways we're going to be able to present this to you graphically, invite you to learn how to do the solving of these things with paper and pencil. Mm -hmm. And we'll do a lot more of that, too. 
And as you listen to this podcast and start thinking about the super balls that are going off in your mind, the things that you find yourself worrying about, if you find yourself doing the past, now, and the future, poof, balls flying all over the place, try to grab some of the things we talked about today. Try to experiment with that long, slow exhale like you're blowing in and blowing out a birthday candle just to give yourself a few seconds to think it through. Try moving those shoulders. It just tells the whole body, hey, I'm paying attention to this amygdalic alert of all the Fs. Mm-hmm. Try experimenting with just taking a piece of paper and writing a few boxes down and see if you can just write down what the worries are. Sometimes just writing it down, you feel it alleviated. Another helpful thing is by the box, put the number you're reacting to. Sometimes we feel like we're really upset a lot, a lot of big things. And when we write them on paper, we realize, wait, I've just got five things that are all sixes. So if I would just take them one at a time, that's a six. I could do a six. It's feeling like a 10, but really it's just a bunch of sixes. I had a kid one time tell me I do not know how to do math because five sixes is way more than a 10. (laughs) So just realize that our job is to keep noticing when are we noticing the tension, right? and that there's a lot you can actually do about it with your physical body to actually heal your brain. So that's, I hope, some of the things you can grab from this podcast and keep joining us because we'll be giving you a lot more tips about how to take your brain and body into a better balance. So we're really excited you were able to join us today. And we talked about the notes from the couch today was H talking about the super balls that go off in his mind. And what we did on the couch was just help him separate all the super balls into like boxes of topics Mm -hmm. so that we could take each one at a time to find his new mind strength, Mm -hmm. which he's been doing a great job of. He's, he's looking forward to coming into the podcast. So <laughs> when we do some of our introductory sessions, you'll get to meet him. And I think you will just fall in love with him like I have. Yeah. Because he's been through a lot of hard things, but his mind is amazing. And, and you'll enjoy the tattoos. I'll have to show those off. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do is talk about something that happened on the couch and then how it relates to what happened in our brain mm-hmm. and our body and our behavior. And how that can change our whole belief systems in ourselves, in our family structures, for people of faith, how that can change and heal your relationship with God and people around you. And we'll just keep sharing the stories. So we'd love to hear from you what topics you'd like to hear about. And so where can they hear about this? Man, that is so good. So again, you can find us um, on on Spotify, on Apple Music, and all the other platforms that you love to listen to your podcasts on. You can go there, search us, and you will find Brain Lady Podcast Notes from the Couch. So we look forward to joining for you guys joining us. Thanks, Jermaine. See you next time. Thank you, Wood.